Welcome to the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast, where you get nutrition, health, fitness, perfectly packaged to educate and motivate you to stay on your fitness journey. Uh, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about natural tools for anxiety and depression. Uh, this is like a epidemic in its own right now, anxiety and depression. And I get a lot of questions about this, especially from my clients. Uh, so this is always something that I like to touch on because you never, you never really hear a personal trainer really just going on anxiety and depression and things that you can do naturally to support and combat uh, your mental health. So we're going to answer a few questions here today on this podcast. Why is it at unprecedented levels? Uh, what physical things can uh, anxiety, depression, what physical things can add to it or what physical things can combat anxiety and depression? Uh, what natural things can we do in our lifestyle? Uh, these are all kind of the areas we're going to touch on in today's podcast. So some quick stats, one in five Americans, uh, almost 50 million people are suffering with anxiety and depression. Um, mental illness is rampant right now. And it's, I mean, there's lots of factors to anxiety and depression. So I don't want to act like it's all physical or, you know, obviously we know that there are emotional stresses and just look at what's been happening lately with mass shootings and violence, uh, pandemics, economic problems, uh, political unrest, uh, social media, you know, just et cetera, et cetera. You could just keep going, right? There's a lot of reasons for anxiety and depression, but what we want to talk about today are what is the what's the physical side of anxiety and depression? Um, why aren't our doctors telling us about the physical side, the physiology of our our pharmacology and our brain and our chemistry and the neurotransmitters that support mood and support uh, anti-anxiety and things like that? So that's what I want to touch on today, not the emotional um, reasons for anxiety and depression, not the you know macro scene of what's going on in the world and how that's driving anxiety and depression, but what are the physical things and what can we do physically to even com help combat those macro level things, right? So number one, to, to paint a picture for you, these are the things like that are driving anxiety and depression from a physical level and why are they at unprecedented levels? Well, to paint a picture for you, let's talk about antibiotics. Antibiotics given from uh, the pharmaceutical industry and our doctors, uh, they have saved countless lives, countless lives. So I want to preface with making sure you understand that I'm not against antibiotics. They have saved millions and millions of lives. However, antibiotics can disturb and uh, disrupt our GI health, our microbiome that uh, is in our small intestine and large intestine. And we actually make our neurotransmitters, specifically serotonin, through the digestion of amino acids. And those serotonin uh, compounds are made in our GI tract, in our stomach. Uh, this is why often the GI tract or the microbiome is referred to as the second brain. Uh, and there's actually a long nerve called the vagus nerve that runs down inside of our digestive tract and it connects to our brain. So think about this for a second. 80% of IBS patients 
also struggle with anxiety and depression. So there's a strong link between poor digestion and our microbiome and antibiotics with anxiety and depression. Uh, for instance, let's look at what's called neuroinflammation. So uh, we're looking at inflammation of the neurons in the brain and how they re relate to uh, anxiety and depression. This is a study that they looked at, uh, the tryptophan amino acid. We convert tryptophan uh, into 5-hydroxytryptophan or 5-HTP if you've ever heard of that supplement. And then that converts into melatonin, I'm sorry, serotonin, and then to melatonin. So we, we actually make our serotonin that regulates our mood based on the digestion of this amino acid, tryptophan. And then at the end of the day, serotonin is not wasted. It is converted into melatonin. So you can see how this cycle works really well. But what they found was in this study is that inflammation disrupted the tryptophan digestion. And actually what they found was that it imbalanced it was imbalanced by stress and inflammation, and it induced a serotonin and melatonin deficiency, making anxiety reactions more sensitive. So you were actually more sensitive to anxiety and depression based on just systematic inflammation. And if you've heard one of my other podcasts here recently, uh, we talked about systematic inflammation and the four foods that we could combat systematic inflammation by removing those four foods. But so you can see how food and inflammation and even digestion all play a role on the physical side of things when it comes to anxiety. So I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on, on just this first one. We're talking about, you know, antibiotic use, uh, GI gut health, and then also inflammation and how those three things are driving anxiety and depression from a physical level. What's another one? Check this one out. Excess cortisol and adrenaline. So if you're really stressed out, those hormones can be produced. Well, guess what else produces those hormones that add to anxiety? Unregulated blood sugar. And this makes sense because when your blood sugar is unregulated, it's, it goes to these crazy highs from lots of sugar and carbs. And then it goes to these crazy lows after the insulin brings down the blood sugar. Then we get a rise in cortisol and adrenaline, and that makes you feel edgy and shaky and lightheaded and weird. Uh, and that also drives anxiety uh, attacks or disorders. So if you've ever had an anxiety attack, you know what that feels like. It's really, really rough. So this can be from unregulated blood sugar. So again, back to anti-inflammatory nutrition and lifestyle that it breeds conduciveness and regulated blood sugar that combats anxiety. Here's a huge one. Lack of exercise and a sedentary lifestyle is a huge risk factor for anxiety and depression. And this is likely due to the neurotransmitter production that happens in the brain caused from strength training or cardio or sport. Uh, so, Actually, they did a study on this. This is uh, the association of sedentary behavior with anxiety, depression, and suicide in college students. This is from the Journal of Frontier Psychiatry, a 2020 study. And they took 34,000 college students, and these were from five different universities, 
53% male, 47% female. And this is what they found. Sedentary behavior was significantly associated with higher rates of anxiety, depression, and suicide ideation or thoughts. And, you know, I can tell you from training people for the last decade that one common thing that I find with people who start training in the gym is that they come back and say, you know, one of the major benefits I've found after a month of training now is I just feel so much better. My mood is better, I'm less anxious. I sleep better. Uh, I just feel more regulated. Is that normal? And I'm like, yes, it's really normal. We uh, expect that to happen. So now I even preface starting a client. I'm like, look, these are the things I want you to look for over the next month because uh, this is really common. And one of these is people just feel more regulated from exercise. So we're going to come back to that here in a second. But these are just a few of the physical factors with anxiety and depression. Uh, but what what tools can we combat uh, anxiety and depression? We know inflammation. We know gut health. Uh, we know that cortisol and adrenaline from unregulated blood sugar, uh, lack of exercise. You know, these things are all kind of driving this uh, increase in anxiety and depression. So what are some tools that we can do to combat that? Well, number one, exercise regularly. This is probably my number one, just like I just talked about with my clients. It's, it's so powerful. So there's tons of studies that have compared strength training or cardio or sport, anything directly with SSRI drugs like Paxil and Zoloft. And, and I have nothing against these drugs, by the way. I, I think if you're suicidal or you're really, really depressed or postpartum depression after pregnancy, I mean, these pills are lifesavers in an acute situation, but we can't just hand out pills and not uh, also give people skills. And so that's where we want to talk about these natural tools that we can use, um, you know, maybe to uh, get off of these medications with the help of your doctor, by the way, or to use before going to the doctor uh, before trying to go the medication route, try some of these things as well. Again, I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm not authorized to do that. That's not my wheelhouse. However, I'm just giving you some suggestions on what I've done uh, to give you a backstory on my uh, levels of anxiety and depression. My mom died of cancer when I was 12 and my dad uh, successfully drank himself to death in the five years that were after my mom's death. So I've been on my own since I was 17 or 18 years old and had struggled very, very uh, rough time with anxiety and depression and self-medication. And I've, I've been on all the drugs. Uh, I've experienced all the side effects, which by the way, you know, Paxil and Zoloft are the two uh, most commonly associated drugs with weight gain. Uh, so again, we talk about, you know, obesity in the United States. And then we also look at some of the top most prescribed drugs in the United States are also SSRI and anti-anxiety drugs. And they, they have a strong association with weight gain that can't be overlooked. But again, I don't, I'm not demonizing these medications. I think they have a time and a place and I've seen them actually help lots of people that I love. So, uh, exercise is so important, whether you're using the SSRI drugs or not, it didn't even matter in the studies in combination with those drugs or uh, in replacement of those drugs. Strength training and cardio was massively important. And it's because it produces uh, 
opiate-like compounds in our brain uh, that are like they're endorphins. They're very much like morphine-like compounds that make us feel really good and they regulate our mood and they regulate anxiety. They help us sleep better, which by the way, sleeping better uh, has also been associated with lower levels of anxiety and depression. So do something every day. This doesn't mean that you have to like go kill it in a CrossFit class or an Orange Theory class every day or anything like that. Even on my off days, uh, I'm walking, I'm hiking, I'm doing something outside. And we're going to come back to why that is. Outside is so important. I only I only strength train in the gym three days a week. That's it. All four other days that I'm not in the gym, I'm out here. I'm outside in the sunshine, hiking, biking, swimming. I'm doing something active because it's so important for my mental health. So a typical week for me is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm in the gym strength training. All the other days, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm doing stuff outside. I'm working outside. I'm mountain biking. Uh, those are just the hobbies that I like. So if that gives you perspective on uh, what a typical week could look like, it doesn't have to be crazy. It could literally just be walking your dog. So number two, create a stress management routine. Uh, this is something I work with my clients a lot on. Um, it has to be in four areas, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Has to You have to touch these four areas, if not every day, every other day. Uh, so what does that mean physically? I'm combating stress physically. Well, I don't mean working out. I mean things like stretching, mobility, foam rolling, massage, um, anything like restorative type movements, uh, anything like that that helps calm down the physical self. Uh, and treat the body and restore the body. You can't just like go 90 to nothing all the time in the gym and in these workouts, but not take the time to do this other restorative side of things that relieves physical stress. What about the mental areas? When's the last time that you didn't get on social media for a day? <laughs> and those of you who aren't on social media at all, kudos to you. Stay off of it. Uh, it's, it's literally toxic to our mental health. Um, do your best to eliminate anything that is remotely mentally toxic or stimulating. Um, try to keep just your friends and family on there and keep up with them it, and cat videos. I'm telling you, it will be so much better for your mental health. But you could also think of things like art and creativity and music. Um, you know, building things is, is a hobby of mine. I love woodworking. These things are really good for our mental health and combating the, the, the stress on the mental side of things. Uh, problem I had ran into really quick just to share with you over the years is uh, I had to stop the spinning hamster wheel in my mind when I would get home. And so sometimes just numbing out to music or numbing out to um, a book or something that got my mind off of my daily grind, that was a huge benefit. So what about emotional? Spend time with friends and family. Uh, remove toxic people from your life. Remove stressful people from your life. If those happen to be your family, put them in their property, proper place. Find uh, ways to keep them, you know, bordered, so to speak. Um, what about spiritually? Well, these are things like obviously, you know, prayer, meditation, Bible reading, whatever that is for the individual. Um, you know, these things are huge. So touching these things once a day in all areas. So maybe for me in a typical day, it's 
Um, doing some foam rolling at night before bed, some stretching, some breathing. We're going to talk more about that in a second. Um, mental health, you know, I'm, I'm reading again, spiritual and mental. I'm reading the Bible. I'm doing something like that, um, that gets my mind off of the daily grind, economic pressure, you know, providing for a family, things like that. Uh, I'm taking my mind somewhere else. You know, a huge one for me, mental health wise, take my dog for the walk in the woods. It's massively beneficial for my mental health. Spend time with friends and family. Um, you know, I'm spending time with my wife. I'm talking with her about her day. Uh, we're sharing experiences. So all you can see how all these areas have to be touched in a, in a stress routine. So what about decreasing overall inflammation? So I may do a whole show on an anti-inflammatory diet. I did do a show last week called Four, Four Foods Killing and Fattening Americans. And if you haven't checked out that show, check it out. Uh, it's the four foods that are driving inflammation, basically. So um, that's, you know, that doesn't cover what an anti-inflammatory diet is. So I may do a whole show on that. But look, we're trying to decrease inflammatory foods, eat more real foods, which leads me to my number four, improve your gut health. And again, eat real whole foods. Uh, I may do a whole show on this too. You know, fasting is really, really good for gut health. Um, whether it's a intermittent fasting or longer term, you know, 48 to 72 hour fasting, really, really good for gut health. Just gives everything a break, cleans you out. Uh, there's different types of digestive cleanses that we could do. There's probiotics if you know how to use them right, which that, again, I probably should do a whole show on that because probiotics have to be fed correctly. So you have to know what probiotics you're taking and you have to know what fibers feed those probiotics. Otherwise, you are just taking expensive probiotics, throwing them down the gullet and hoping that they take root in your digestive system. But if you don't give them the right fiber, uh, you, you're, you're just literally wasting them. So uh, I should probably do a whole show on that. And then lastly, fermented foods. So things like sauerkraut, kimchi, pickles, yogurt, uh, those things are cheese. You know, those things are really um, beneficial. Aged cheese, that is. I know you guys that love dairy are like, what? He said we can eat cheese. Aged, hard, organic cheeses, I'm cool with. All right. So more on that topic later. And then lastly, herbal support. Um, and I think this is definitely great for someone who's not already on SSRI drugs or an anti-anxiety. But I, for anxiety, I love things like lavender essential oil uh, in, a, in a diffuser. I love lemon balm tea. I grow lemon balm in my garden and I, I make tea out of it. It's very calming, especially before bed. Then if I'm really stressed out, I'm using things like ashwagandha and phosphatidylserine. Uh, they're massively important in bringing us back down to a normal level. That's what adaptogens like ashwagandha do. Whether you're high, they bring you low. If you're low, they bring you higher. I mean, it's, it's, that's what adaptogens do. They meet you in the middle. But ashwagandha and phosphatidylserine is my go-to when I'm really feeling amped up and stressed out. And I definitely need to come off that. Depression, I use uh, 5-HTP, which by the way, thorn.com uh, is where I get my 5-HTP from. Uh, omega-3 fatty acids. If you just type in omega-3s and, and depression and just look at the studies, it's, oh my gosh, it's so crucial to um, 
to mental health is this omega-3 fatty acids from salmon and sardines and tuna and fish and things like that. I recommend getting them from fish sources and not from pills and supplements. Um, you absorb them way better in their whole food form and fish oils tend to go rancid, which will give you fish burps and you do not want that. Uh, also DHEA is a, a, a supplement that you can use to increase your hormones and which also increases, um, neurotransmitters like serotonin and combats against depression. So if you're someone who already struggles with hormone problems, you may want to look into a DHEA supplement to help your depression if you're not already on an SSRI. Lastly, vitamin D. If your levels of vitamin D, 25-hydroxy-D from the blood test from your doctor, if you want to get it ran, 25-hydroxy-vitamin D, if that's low, it's highly correlated with depression. Which, by the way, sunshine is free. And 15 minutes a day, like especially this time of year, sunshine uh, can give us enough vitamin D to boost our levels to normal ranges, which you, I like to see vitamin D between 60 and 80 um, on the blood test scale of 25 hydroxy vitamin D. So if you like what you're hearing from this podcast, if any of these things you will use, uh, do me a favor. Reach down on YouTube, hit the like button. If you're on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're at, uh, please take a second, leave me a review. Say, hey man, I got something out of that, uh, that you, you taught me something new. Whatever it is, uh, I really appreciate any and all feedback you can give me. Also, if you like good supplements, uh, thorn.com are the supplements that I use. And not just me, the Olympic teams, the USA Olympic teams use uh, Thorn supplements. The Golden State Warriors NBA basketball team that just won the championship last week, uh, they use Thorn.com supplements. And the reason why is because they are triple certified to have what they say is in them. In them. So Thorn.com slash U slash muscles. There's a special discount for all my listeners. Uh, that's Thorn. T-H-O-R-N-E dot com slash U slash muscles. Thank you for taking the time to listen. This is like my longest podcast at 22 minutes. So thank you for taking the time. If you have any questions about anxiety and depression, please comment below, reach out to me, email me, musclesandveggies at gmail. I would love to help you with this. Uh, this is Zach with Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. Have a great day. Tune in again.